Welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, June 9th, 2020. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James back in the saddle again two days in a row. It's feeling like old times while Ashley is on her way back from upstate New York or Oop State. Oop State. And Oop State. Um, she, she sorted out that whole thing in Buffalo right away. Yes, she was up in Buffalo. She got the people uh, arraigned and charged, got rid of the other crazy people who wanted to side with them, just fired them off of that elite task team. Ashley was up there doing God's work, uh, but she's on her way back down to uh, the greatest city in the world, and she should be back on the show with us tomorrow. So I appreciate you again uh, jumping in, James. Um, Not a ton of news today, but there are some things that we uh, definitely need to talk about. And I know you have some things that you are especially angry about. Well, uh, absolutely. But I was thinking, you know, I'm, of course, what do I always do? I I rewatch West Wing episodes. Uh, do you remember that West Wing episode when uh, Josh and Toby get stranded out in Indiana or something like that? I do. It's like during a campaign. It's I think it's a flashback episode, isn't it? They, they got left in Indiana, yeah, and, and like they're with someone's daughter or some. There's with yeah, it's vaguely. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and and, so, and they, all the trials and tribulations of trying to get back to Washington D.C. using public transportation, and that that's what I think of Ashley doing right now, trying to get back from back from uh, uh, Buffalo in the pandemic, uh, you know, uh, trials and tribulations of uh, Josh Lemon Lyman. Trains, planes, and automobiles. Absolutely. So, yeah. And uh, what do we got for Patreon? Um, not Nothing new right this second, but we do have a, some pretty interesting uh, interviews coming up. I have a new Tell Me More that I have scheduled the interview for. We do not have... Uh, It hasn't been done, so I don't want to talk about it. I I get nervous. Mm -hmm. But this person is somebody who has been on Broadway in the same role for now going on three years in the biggest hit that Broadway perhaps has ever seen. And um, she has been doing it while dealing with a a major medical uh, issue over the last few months. So if you can read between those lines as to who that person is, one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. Um, she is absolutely a beast and uh, <laughs> other hand Excellent, there. Yeah. Um, so we should have that one coming up to you. If you want to hear that interview before anybody else, you can head over to patreon.com slash Broadway radio. All right, let's uh, jump into the news. What do we have in uh, the coronavirus-related news? Well, it's been a while since we've started the show with coronavirus-related stuff, James, because of all of the social unrest and uh, protests and things going around uh, racism in the country and in the theater industry. But starting with coronavirus stuff today, because yesterday the Drama Desk Awards announced that their new ceremony air date will be this coming Saturday, June 13th. The show will happen at 10.30 p.m. Eastern time, but I did not realize that it's already been recorded. It was all pre-recorded from when it was supposed to air on Sunday, May 31st. But due to those nationwide protests, the airing was postponed on New York One. The ceremony will be hosted by New York One's Frank DeLella and will air on New York One, NY1.com, and DramaDeskAwards.com. Of course, you can only get New York One if you are a New York City Spectrum subscriber. Now, James, you are a Drama Desk voter. For you personally, was it different or weird in the voting process this year compared to other years? Or was it just that there were fewer things to consider? Did it feel like there were any obvious differences for you? Uh, Interesting. I I guess 
I feel like maybe it was a little bit easier because like a whole chunk of our season never happened. You know, there's so yeah. many things had not opened and not, and the drama desk voters hadn't been invited for. Uh, so it felt like, you know, we wrote on two thirds of the season. It was a little bit easier. Um, and I think that we'll see some wild results here. I don't know the results, but I, but I, I would think that uh, we're going to see a lot of unexpected stuff here. I, one thing you didn't mention was that uh, it's going to uh, on dramadeskawards.com. No matter what happens in the news, did you see oh, that okay. in, in, in the press release? I did not see that. I did not. Yeah. No. Okay. Cool. No matter what happens in the news, if New York One needs to cancel, they're still going to air it on dramadeskawards.com. Uh, so, uh, you know, there is your Saturday evening, 7.30 Eastern Time uh, yeah. viewing appointment. Saturday evening. We don't normally get award ceremonies on Saturday. So that's uh, that's a very interesting thing. I'm sure that was done in consultation with New York One. But all right, James, let's move on to some other things. On Monday, the St. Louis Muni announced that they would be postponing their entire 2020 season until the summer of 2021. They had previously announced a plan to try and get at least part of their season in. But after evaluating all aspects of the current COVID-19 situation in Missouri, or as my late grandfather used to say, Missouri, they uh, decided against that plan. Instead, they will announce a complete new schedule of virtual alternative programming coming up soon. It will start, though, on June 15th, which had been their original opening date. They will broadcast their off-season cabaret Muni Magic at the Sheldon, starting with Beth Level's series, from 2015 the entire lineup will be announced soon but based on the stars that they get down at the muni james i would not be surprised if there are some really interesting things that we want to keep an eye on additionally beginning on july 20th the muni will produce special online performances with with more information about those to come later um I want to get back to the Muni stuff here, James, but one of the things I want to mention before we talk about that is that yesterday Deadline reported that the great Cicely Tyson has been announced as the recipient of the Peabody Awards Career Achievement Award. The award is given to individuals whose work has left an incredible imprint on the field of broadcasting and digital media as well as in American culture. She, of course, has been uh, nominated for 13 Emmys, including cool. two wins and is a uh, television Hall of Fame winner and obviously a theater legend as well. Now, getting back to the Muni, James, you know, I'm seeing so many things, um, sporting events being, you know, they're, they're coming up with plans to do it and including outdoor sporting events that are allowing fans, depending on the location and obviously the, the individual situation. But I know in my hometown of Columbus, Ohio, they're going to be having the Memorial Golf Tournament in July. And the state of Ohio has approved a plan for fans to be there. Now, obviously, being on a golf course is a much different situation than being packed into an 11,000 seat outdoor amphitheater. But I think it's interesting that yes, in some of these situations, not just the Muni, but some of these outdoor theaters probably could do seasons with social distancing or whatever. But I think that even for something as big as the Muni, it, it would probably be cost prohibitive at this point to do it without a being able to fit in more people than social distancing would allow. But then also B how, what, what percentage of theater goers are going to want to go and sit in the normal hundred degree heat that they have to do in a St. Louis summer, but when they also have to worry about coronavirus. So I'm sure that this is, part, you know, public health concerns, but then also realizing that because of those public health concerns, 
the money just might not make it possible to have some of these things actually happen this summer. Yeah, I uh, on on one hand, I think the St. Louis Muni, uh, I think that the ticket prices are really relatively minor. Sure. Uh, I think they're heavily subsidized by uh, gotcha. uh, by different things. So I'm not sure that that would be the issue. And uh, but that's interesting. I mean, I, I saw that. <laughs> Where did the did you see on the Twitter machine? There was. Um, was it a baseball game where they put stuffed animals in the stands so they didn't have to play to empty stands? It was it was not stuffed animals, James. It was, I believe, the Korean Baseball League, uh, uh, I believe, in which one of the stadiums put um, – how do I put this delicately? Um, sex dolls. In oh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 Yours I was heard, a little more heard, clean. Yes. Yeah, I heard about that. I heard. I didn't see that, but I heard about that uh, after my Bible study. Um, but, <laughs> but there, there was, uh, there, there was a, I think it was a baseball team and maybe a, a hockey team or something like that, that, that put stuffed animals and, um, they, they tagged Seth, Seth McFarlane and they said, uh, Ted is here. And they, they had a picture of Ted. That's funny. You know? That's funny. That's very, very funny. It was very good. And, yeah, uh, Ted. yeah, that's good. Yeah. Very good. So, uh. Um, and, and, and the NBA is heading down to your neck of the woods soon. So, uh, I mean, not even my neck of the woods, like it's like like, blocks away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like it's a five minute drive from, from where I live to where, uh, the NBA and the MLS major league soccer will be at Disney's wide or ESPN's wide world of sports, uh, coming up this summer as well. I still don't know what their plan is for spectators, but I do expect to see a lot of really tall people at the grocery store coming up this summer. Yeah. You know, if you, uh, you know, if Shaq needs to crash at your place, Kenny, I mean, I will find a bed big enough for Shaq if he needs a place. <laughs> Shaq, you know, Charles Barkley, Bar- anybody, whatever. It's all good. So, um, all right. So uh, the other aspect of this whole thing is that it seems as though that certain certain neighborhoods around New York City seem to think that the coronavirus is over. I mean, pictures are floating around of, of Hell's Kitchen with uh, – Hundreds and hundreds of people at Fifty First and Fifty First Street, Ninth Avenue, right in the heart of the theater district. Um, you know, on a hanging out together, hundreds and hundreds of people with not wearing masks, masks, and so I guess we're all going to die. Yeah, don't be those people. Don't be those people. I mean, Nick Walker and I, and and my last time and more, we both talked about we're both asthmatic. Like, so for us going outside. Um, is a little bit more of a risk than for a normal person. Now, fortunately, both of us are fairly healthy otherwise, but, uh, you know, with we have compromised lungs. And so the idea of of going out in public with big mask gatherings where other people don't care enough to wear masks, it uh, it's a little scary. I'm not someone who's spooked very easily, but like, it, it, you know, especially when like all the parks around here opening, not that I go to the parks, but like more tourists coming in, bringing things in from other states. Like uh, it, it does concern me a little bit in terms of what things are going to be like here in central Florida uh, for me and my delicate, fragile little lungs. I'm building a bubble for you. You're going to be the boy in the bubble. bubble boy. Yeah, bubble, bubble boy. boy. Me, me and Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Jakey. <laughs> all right. We have some uh, follow ups on stories from yesterday's show. 
Yes, we do. Yesterday, we talked about the Broadway Advocacy Coalition's three-day forum that is coming up this week. Well, on Monday, Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS announced that they would be making a donation of $125,000 distributed across the Broadway Advocacy Coalition and three other social justice and anti-racism groups. Of the total grant amount, 50K will be going to Broadway Advocacy Coalition's Broadway for Black Lives Matter Again forum coming up this week, as well as an on uh, they it will be for that, and then as well as their ongoing efforts to address racism within the theater community. The other twenty five thousand or a, the other um, what is that seventy five thousand will go to the Bail Project, Color of Change, and the NAACP Legal Defense Fund in twenty five thousand dollars segments to each of them. The grants come from the general the general fund within Broadway Cares, which is funded by money raised from donations and fundraising outside of the special campaigns such as the COVID-19 Emergency Assistance Fund, which if everybody out there in Hell's Kitchen is uh, you know, out there drinking and socializing, we might need to start pumping some more money into that one as well. And then following up, James, on another story from yesterday, due to the concern over his past political giving, James L. Niederlander for said— love. Yeah, yeah, For love. <laughs> He's James Love Niederlander. Brother Love, uh, he said in an email to people that expressed their concern that he would be making a $50,000 donation to Black Lives Matter. He also said in the email, quote, I realize that this is just the start of a process towards understanding, reflection and change. As a society, we all must listen more closely to address the issues of systemic racism, inequality and bigotry. I know that this is just the beginning of addressing historic and current inequalities. Um we talked about this yesterday, James, the story, it, you know, to me, it was not a tempest in a teapot. Like, I, I mean, there is something in this story. However, the context that was lacking from much of the discussion was fairly obvious to anybody who kind of understood what these situations were or how to use the website OpenSecrets.org. Uh, Karen Olivo, who actually came out and was very angry about this situation on Sunday night, she has since backtracked a little when realizing the difference between M and L Niederlander <laughs> and um, realizing when love. the donation. It's yes, she found love, the love. She found love the versus love. malice, um, and then also realizing that the donations to Trump had stopped in 2016. So uh, some content. Context is always important. But James, your friends over at Onstage Blog had another story about political giving that was released on Monday. It involved more than a handful of theatrical heavyweights giving to a certain conservative senator from the great state of Missouri. Uh, but I don't want to bring that one up too much because it might make you even more angry than you were yesterday. You wouldn't like me if I'm angry. You don't want to get me mad. <laughs> Also, Nick Walker and I talked about uh, the Incredible Hulk and quotes about being angry in that Tell Me More. So if you missed it, go back and listen. That was that was a great interview, Matt. I you mean, didn't listen. Stop it. You didn't listen. Uh, you you don't listen to me when we talk on, to, to each other on this show. You don't listen to my stuff. I get it. It's OK. What else have you got, Ashley? <laughs> um, here is a here is to prove that I listen when you talk. Um, yesterday, Broadway HD announced that they would be making the uh, the the capture of Lincoln Center's production of former Tommy Moore guest to Dominique Morisot's Pipeline available free on their streaming service. Now, James, I remember that this week on Broadway when you reviewed Pipeline and you raved about this show mm. so much so that you thought if. Lincoln Center had decided to move it to Broadway, that it would be a contender for the best play in the Tony Awards. 
Yeah, if you have not seen Pipeline, I, I mean, I, you have to watch this. It's free. It's free. free. It's such free. a good show. I can't believe that Pipeline did not become this runaway hit on Broadway. It, it, I can't say enough good things about it. And I'm sure if people wanted to go and find out what he said originally, it is in our archives uh, from this week on Broadway from a few years ago. A couple other recommendations here, James. This one, we don't often talk about Randy Rainbow videos because they're only tangentially. Is Randy going into Pipeline? Uh, that would be a, a quite the casting uh, controversy and two, perhaps. <laughs> but um, we don't talk about Randy uh, a ton because he's not really I mean, he's theatrically related. But he, mm, yeah. But the other reason is, is that like everything he does is so good, it would be redundant to keep bringing them up every time. But his new video, The Bunker Boy, is like blowing up on social media. I'm seeing it everywhere. And um, this one, it also uses if you're not familiar with what randy rainbow does he uses often show tunes to parody the ridiculous social and political things going on in our world often having to do with the president this new one called the bunker boy obviously um samples i think my favorite song from the wizard of oz that i don't think was actually in the wizard of oz i think it got cut um but the jitterbug i love the song the jitterbug um, it has been my favorite since they did that concert with Jewel and Nathan Lane um, and Sawyer Brown and um, I can't forget uh, Roger Daltrey was in it. Um, Natalie Cole was in it years and years ago. So um, I've loved that there. But it's a great video. The Bunker Boy uh, by Randy Rainbow. We will have that in the show notes. You and know, it, let me interrupt you for a second. Yeah. You know, I, I think that Randy Rainbow has got a, a – uh, you know, an easier path to talent and stardom because he shares the, the double R's that it, it's just, uh, it, it's just all those people the with double R's. Yeah. The Randy rainbows, the Robbie Rizels. Yeah. Two, two stars in, in any and all mediums, you know, the, uh, the new Robbie Rizel album from inside my locker is available on, uh, digitally on, uh, six twenty six twenty. Just, yep. You, you're welcome. You're welcome. Yes. yes. All right. Well, let's close it up with one more recommendation. And this one comes from uh, Broadway and TV star Alex Newell. He sang the song I Know Where I've Been from the musical Hairspray in support of AIDS Walk New York. Um, anybody who listened to our Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist recap episodes of Some Like a Pop know how much we love Alex Newell. Um, but it's a great performance. And, but I, w I, w I wanted to mention that over the weekend with my niece, I watched the um, Hairspray movie um, and, it, and not not necessarily because of the themes that it you know brought up. But we wanted to watch a musical and that just made the most sense uh, of what was available to stream. Um, but it certainly hits um, more uh, poignantly now than it did a month or two ago. Um, so I highly recommend that. She loved it so much that she then watched with my brother, her dad, the next day, the Hairspray Live. Just the very next day, watched them back to back to see both of them. Um, so um, very interesting stuff to see um, that now, 13 years after the, the movie was released, um, in, in light of what's going on in the world today. And... You can also see uh, two different former uh, 
uh, Tell Me More guests, or no, one former Tell Me More guest, one other interview guest um, in the Hairspray movie. So uh, you can definitely check that out. But we'll have links to Alex Newell, Randy Rainbow, and Pipeline from Broadway HD in the show notes for you to check those out. All right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for spending some of your Tuesday with us, and Crashly and Matt will be back tomorrow. <laughs>